Love. This video is a message from a little boy named Salman. He disappeared five years ago in Syria during the war to defeat ISIS. He still hasn't been found. My name is Poonam Taneja. I'm traveling to Syria to find out what happened to Salman and the thousands of children like him, lost in one of the most dangerous places on earth. From BBC Sounds and CBC Podcasts, Bloodlines. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. All week we've been speaking with some of this year's appointees to the Order of Canada. If you missed my conversation with George Strombolopoulos before the break, you can find it on the podcast or through the CBC Listen app. With me now, another nominee and now recipient of the Order of Canada, Globe and Mail health columnist and a friend of the current, Andre Picard. Andre, good morning. Good morning. Congratulations. Thank you. What was it like to get that call that you had been named to the Order of Canada? It was actually a funny call I, because I've spoken to the Governor General's office before. I've been uh, uh, called on to to uh, write letters to support others and uh, they check up on them. And that's what I thought was happening. And I kind of said, oh, who are you calling about today? Uh, and she said, well, actually you. And uh, it was quite shocking to to be in that position rather than helping somebody else out. You have... Um you well deserve this and you have been named in part because of your work through the pandemic, but well beyond in speaking about matters of health and public health in this country. What was it that drew you to that work? What was it that attracted you to writing about health? You know, I just stumbled into it uh, when I was a student journalist at university, the, the AIDS era began uh, then, and we were very engaged in it. Uh, student newspapers are very political. This was a political issue more than a health one. Uh, went to the Globe as a summer student. I kind of did AIDS by default because it wasn't something the mainstream media was doing too, too much of. And uh, that's kind of been the arc of my career. It was all about, uh, it's, I still write about AIDS 40 years later. And it's, I think, because it's a, an issue that touches on everything. It's it's very political. It's not that medical. It's about social policy. For many years, there were no treatments, et cetera. So it, I never got attracted to the medicine, but more the, the politics of health, the, how it affects larger populations, uh, how we react to and then, of course, this all came to, to roost again with, with COVID. It was very much like the beginnings of AIDS. When you take a look at where we, we as a world, are at now when it comes to HIV and AIDS, it's interesting. We had a conversation earlier this week on the program with um, somebody who runs uh, a website called Future Crunch. And this highlights good news over the course of the year and positive developments. And one of the things that he said in, in that, that newsletter and then our conversation is that in 2023, it seemed as though we were winning the war against AIDS. It's a, it's a big difference from when you started covering this disease. Yeah, it is a reminder when you've been around a long time that, that things are dramatically better. When AIDS began, there were no treatments. It was running rampant. Pe millions of people were dying every year. And now it's really a, a chronic illness like many others. If you get infected, you take your meds. And that's that. It's a, there are other things that are top of mind that are much more deadly than than HIV AIDS, but the the underlying issues have not all been dealt with. You know, it still disproportionately affects uh, the poor, uh, people of color, and that's I think the the enduring issues that we have to cover in health is that we we don't tackle the real stuff. That uh, the unfairness, the inequality, that's what kills people more than any any virus ever will. The citation from Rito Hall said that you were being named to the Order of Canada for your dedication to advancing public health understanding and practices in Canada. How have you seen 
the average Canadian's understanding of the role of public health evolve over your time in writing? Well, I think COVID really forced us to acknowledge that public health is important, uh, that it exists. Uh, the paradox of public health, anybody who knows that field at all knows that the paradox is the more successful you are, the more invisible you are. And I, I kind of see my role as that too. I, I kind of find it uh, ironic that I'm getting all this attention now when I've been doing this for a long time, but the, but the reason is because of COVID and that's not a good thing. You know, when, when public health works, uh, things go smoothly. We don't talk about it, but that's when we should be investing. You know, this is the period we're coming out of the, the pandemic. This is when we should be really building uh, uh, public health for the next pandemic, for the next disaster, uh, for for climate change. And we're not doing that. We're making that same mistake over and over again. Uh, this is over. Let's gut public health again. I called you a friend of the show uh, in our introduction. You were very generous in coming on this program. It seemed like almost on a weekly basis during the worst of the pandemic, talking to us about what was happening, developments in Canada, around the world, how we should interpret them, what we should take away from that. And one of the things that that helped people do is understand the moment that we were in. And you became um, a trusted voice for your readers, but also for our audience. One of the things that we hear from officials who are trying to fight the good fight for public health is that they worry about disinformation. Um, and the, uh, obviously this came up during the pandemic, but it continues, whether it's around vaccines, whether it's around um, the public health restrictions that were put in place to protect people. What's at stake, do you think, if people don't trust the system, that don't trust the public health system that, as you say, when it's successful, is invisible and is there as a safety net to protect people? Well, you know, I'm very, uh, I'm very blessed. I have the platforms. I work at the Globe. You're very kind enough to invite me onto the current. I have very good, trusting platforms that I work for, but many people don't turn to those anymore. And that loss of trust is, as you said, it is really uh, unfortunate. It's dangerous, even at, at this point, that people can go out and seek information that's total nonsense, but they can get it reinforced. And uh, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to deal with that. I think that's a, a big crisis in public health. I don't think we've kept up with that ability to, to communicate. Uh, I don't think we aggressively counter misinformation and disinformation, especially. Uh, we really have to learn to do that. That's become a part of doing public health. And our, our public health infrastructure is outdated. Uh, the way public health communicates, we saw this during COVID, is still very, very old-fashioned. It's very preachy. Uh, you know, it's very, we're going to tell you what to do and you should do it. And, and you know, just like the, the, the priest used to do in the good old days. And we have to adapt to that. There has to be more conversation. There has to be more rolling up the sleeves and, and fighting the enemy. And the enemy is people who are, are spreading information that's false, that's killing people. You would try to do that on social media. And I know that eventually you pulled back on what you posted on social media. What was the, res the, the impact of that? Well, I think, you know, social media, I, I still post a lot, but I, I've stopped interacting because the interaction has become uh, a little pointless. You're interacting with a, an army of bots, of anonymous people, and you, you can't just do that. You can't do that as an individual. You or, can't or, or people who directly attacked you about what you were saying and, and why you were saying it. Yeah, the people who directly attack me, if they're real people, that doesn't worry me so much. Uh, what worries me is the the organized campaigns of misinformation that, that have become the hallmark of, of platforms like X or Twitter. And so I think that's what should worry us is that 
I don't think people recognize this. It's okay to have a different opinion. It's okay to believe nonsense. I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, well, I have a problem with people doing this deliberately and doing it for financial gain. And I think that's what we're seeing. We know that worldwide, there's kind of a, it's known as the dirty dozen of uh, disinformation, people who are spreading uh, false information about health, and they're making millions and hundreds of millions of dollars from doing this. And th this should worry us. Just in the last few minutes that we have, let me ask you about, about where we're at now at the beginning of a new year on the 5th of January, 2024. What are the big health stories you think we should be paying attention to in this country in the year ahead? Well, you know, we're entering the fifth year of COVID. It's far from over. If you look at Europe, uh, it's really, this is the biggest outbreak of COVID since Omicron. Now, the good news is not as many people as dying are dying. We've built up uh, some capacity to deal with this from a repeated infection. So COVID is still a very big story. Uh, climate change is the, the story of the future for me. It, uh, we have to pay a lot of attention to that. That's the biggest health threat uh, to us individually and collectively. We're going to be dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, crises, earthquakes, etc., tornadoes, all this climate-related activity. That That's where public health is going. This is the time of the year when people set intentions. Um, and goals for the year ahead. If you had to prescribe a goal, if you had to set an intention for Canada's public health system for 2024, what would that be? I, I think it has to be to uh, stay vigilant, to keep fighting the good fight, not be uh, brought down too, too much by this uh, era of bots and, and misinformation. Uh, I, th I think this is going to pass. I think younger people are much smarter about the use of uh, uh, social media about the internet than, than my generation. And I think this is going to be resolve itself. But in the meantime, I think we have to keep putting out that, that good information. We have to give people the tools to, to protect themselves, whether it's vaccination, whether it's, you know, buying an electric car or buying an e-bike to fight climate change. I think we have to just keep empowering people. This is an era where people want to be active in their health. And that's part of it. A big part of it is having the right information and, and being able to act on it. Are you somebody who lives in optimism and lives in hope? There's a lot of bad news that's around. Um, but but I just wonder where you are on that. Yeah, I think I'm unusual as a journalist that I've always been very, very hopeful. Uh, I think things are, you know, I've been at this for 40 years. Our health system is dramatically better than it was then. It's got problems, but the medicine is way better. We're more sophisticated. Uh, we pay a lot more attention to what matters, which is the, the socioeconomic determinants of health, this realization that what makes us healthy is not medicine. It's how we live. It's having an income, food on the table, social connections. So I'm, I'm very optimistic. I think we're much smarter about our health. Uh, we're living a lot longer. Uh, the life expectancy is a, it's a triumph of medicine and social policy. And we, we shouldn't forget that in our, our daily woes. I'm grateful that you pick up the phone when we call. Um, and I'm delighted that you have been recognized for your work with the Order of Canada. Andre, thank you very much and congratulations again. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Matt. Andre Picard is a new Order of Canada appointee. He is a friend of the current and the health columnist for The Globe and Mail. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.